Awesome. Uh, very warm welcome to you this morning. Uh, if I haven't met you before, my name is uh, Nick, and uh, obviously Amy and I, and I um, lead the church here together, um, and it's been a, just an absolute privilege over the last three years to, to plant uh, Kurimako, this awesome church, and to be in this space now, which we've been in now for, I think it's about our fifth Sunday in here, which is just great. And uh, I just really, um, today I'm just going to do a, a bit of a, a little bit of a series, um, just a small little series on Acts 2.42, um, looking at the early church and just some of the things that they were devoted to. But before I go into that, I just wanted to uh, just really just uh, quickly just share a little bit about the last couple of weeks, um, because um, if you didn't know, uh, two weeks ago I went over to a church in um, Portland, Oregon, in America, um, called Bridgetown Church. And I just had the most uh, phenomenal time, uh, just probably one of the deepest times I've had in my life with the Lord and, and just uh, just so encouraged about uh, the church and, and, and where we want to take the church, I suppose. So one of the things that um, has been a big part of Bridgetown Church, and if you, m- you may know the guy John Mark Comer, is, oops, I'm sorry, as I've got my theme music going here. Normally people have someone on a piano or something over behind them while they're <laughs> getting the theme music going. Yeah, um, is is this church has been uh, really led the way in in basically trying to take people deeper with Jesus. And uh, I guess one of the the perennial problems that that we have in the church is that we get saved, we have an encounter with Jesus, um, but then we don't grow. And uh, their church has just uh, just done a phenomenal work on how, how we grow as Christians and how we mature and how we become more like Jesus. And uh, there's something from that, that, that conference that just stays in my mind at the moment. And I'm going to share more about this in time, but I'm just sort of giving a little bit of a spiel here. Is One of the speakers said this thing that there's a lot of noise in the shallow end of the pool in Christianity. Like There's a lot of noise and activity and going on. But Jesus is calling us to go into the the deeper part of the pool, and uh, there's often not so much noise in that part. But that's where the deep growth and the and we become more like Him. And uh, I was just so encouraged by that time there. And uh, they've got a whole kind of discipleship um, um, system and program um, that's going to help people grow. It's going to be basically for spiritual practices what Alpha was for evangelism, and it's all going to be free and available. And we're just going to, you know, be starting to look at this as a church about how we can roll this out. And a- as Amy said, um, yeah, we're just um, looking at our, our groups and stuff, and we've had to be reorientate because it's been a bit of a uh, confusing year with lots of things going on. But we really want to get some groups going, and uh, we really want to be able to um, bring um, some of these discipleship resources to help people grow in Jesus. And uh, and on top of that, I was just phenomenally br- um, blessed because um, they just had this um, beautiful uh, sense of the Holy Spirit in that place. Um, I've, I've never seen that in a place where uh, it's got the both and. Um, they had deep discipleship and going up to Jesus and then this incredible sense of the Holy Spirit um, from when the moment I walked into the church, I was just crying and, and then they had, I got prayed for a number of times. Was every ministry time, I was straight up the front, you know, <laughs> and getting prayed for. Um, I just got so blessed and I, I just such a privilege to be able to go there and so I'm, I'm going to probably be spending uh, a couple of months just unpacking and processing all that and then looking forward to sharing how we can put that into practice here in our church and um, as Amy said um, we also just had our vineyard conference 
and uh, that was um, just amazing too. We, we uh, again, had um, lovely times of ministry and encouragement. Uh, I, I, the thing I was, I, was, I was remarking about when I was in there, because uh, it's great to think I've got a reasonably sized big church, was that we had this, like, you know, this big auditorium there, and I was just thinking at the start of this year, we were in red light, we had all sorts of things going on, and, he, and here we are worshipping you know, a whole lot of people, and I was just like, wow, this has been quite a year, and it was just so encouraging to be in that environment and to be prayed for and encouraged. So, yeah, so today I'm just talking about Acts 2.42, just, a, just a, a short little series looking at these things. If you want to turn in your Bibles to... Next slide, Johnny. To um, Acts 2:42 to verse 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Lord, I, I thank you for your word and I, I thank you for your church, Lord. Um, as we read in these verses 2,000 years ago, you, you, you launched the church, Lord, and we're here today because of that. And so, Father, I just pray that you would bless um, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. That it would be pleasing to you, Lord, as I speak today. Amen. When I was in my early 20s, I went on a DTS with a, an outfit called YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And I went to Spain and I um, lived in a, in, a, in a community house with a whole lot of people for about, it was about three months and the thing when I reflected on that time, is it, uh, w w what was really incredible about that was when I first got there, and you may have had this experience in your life too when you turned up for the first time at a school or to a group or to some sort of organization, is that you just don't know anyone. And no one knows you or everyone. And we, in this group, we had people from all over the world had come, lots of different cultures and people and stuff. And we're in the same space, and you just don't know these people. And, you, and you're like, man... It feels awkward at first, doesn't it? Like when you're in those environments, you're like, it's like when you're a, when you're a kid and you go with your, your parents take you over to someone's house and and you're just there staring at, at other kids, like when you're meant to be like playing together. And there's this awkwardness, eh, when you're just getting to know people and you're in a new environment. And then what is incredible over that three months of living together with those people, like I was sharing a room with these four or five guys, like, it's, you know, you're right up in each other's sort of environments, eating together, um, going through lots of highs and lows, a um, bit of conflict, all sorts of things, and then we even went on like a, like a mission to Portugal and to Morocco, and at the end of that time that I was there, I was like, I just got so close to these people, like, some, some, some of these people were like just deep, deep friends, because I'd just done so much time with them. And, I, and I, what, it, what I was encountering and what I was experiencing was what I felt was true community. And I, I think that in, in most of our lives, we, we don't always experience that. We just have touches of it in the West. And you might have an experience like that when you go to like a church camp because you have a couple of days where you put everything aside 
and you have those conversations and you're with other people and the, and the barriers come down and you, and you go deep. Or, or maybe you, you go on a holiday with some people and you really connect with them. But generally in our, our Western individualized culture, we don't go to that really, really deep level, right? And I think it's, it's, it's something that is, 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 is probably the hardest thing in our culture is, our, is individualism. Like it's a, it, it is an idol in our culture that you will look after yourself and your own, but you won't, you won't go the extra mile to be with others. It, it, it seems to be a, a challenge in our lives. But deep down, I think that's what we all desperately want. I was reading this book by this guy called Sebastian Younger uh, called Tribe, and he talked about that in the early period where the um, sort of settlers came to America, um, these are like the English settlers in, in North America, there was these instances of people who would um, either get taken or they would just go and leave and go join the Native American tribes that are around. And there was they, 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 in this book it recorded that there was no instance of any of those people ever wanting, to, even when they had their freedom to come back, ever wanting to come back to Western society. Because they'd found, this is what you're talking about in the book, they'd found a sense of community and deep connection that they were longing for in their lives. And they didn't want to go back to more of an individualistic society. And their one was like, you know, way, way more communal than our one is. But it was interesting that they noted that, that deep down, that's what we all long for. And these early Christians in the church, um, the Holy Spirit had come upon them and birthed the church. And there was these four things that they devoted themselves to. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, they didn't have the, the New Testament. Um, they, they had the apostles who had been there with Jesus sharing the stories of Jesus and what it was like to be with him. And it says then they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Um, we've done that today, communion. And that was not just like um, in a symbolic way as well. That was in, in homes. That was having meals together, breaking bread and, and uh, around tables. And they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to, to praying together in their homes and as a community. And finally, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Now, uh, fellowship is, is not a word that we kind of no use in normal conversation, do you? you? You don't just say, oh, yeah, I've just been uh, fellowshipping with Sam down in Christchurch, you know, or, uh, you know, went out with the boys and we, we, we went fellowshipping at the rugby club or something. It's not a, a word in English that we use much. And something that can help us with that, with that is the actual Greek word that is behind fellowship, and that's this word called koinonia. And koinonia means communion, joint participation, the share with which one has in anything, participation, a gift jointly contributed, a collection or contribution. It's used like 19 times in the New Testament. It, it's a word that, only, that not only describes our connection to each other, but also our connection to God. So that we have a connection, not only with God in this way, this direct communion, but we have a direct communion with one another. That's what it's saying, this kononia. And I guess the word that probably is, is a word that we kind of use more than like kind of fellowship, that we'll be getting closer to it, is the word community. And sometimes the word community can be tacked on to any kind of interest group. And, and generally, I, I always feel like community just means people who've just got some joint interest or something, or stuff in common. But 
you know, the community of God is meant to be deeper than that, not just people who get along with each other. What Luke, who wrote Acts, is writing about is something so much deeper than a mutual interest group. It's about a deep intimacy and vulnerability, which is only found in true community. And so why, you know, why, why community? Why devote ourselves to fellowship? Why, why be here today at church and, 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 and practice being in community and part of God's kingdom? Well, the reason is, is that, that Jesus calls us to do that. In um, Matthew, if you want to just go ahead, Chris. Keep going. Yep. In Matthew 4, 18 to 22, um, this is Jesus just as he's beginning his ministry. So he's just setting out to do his mission. It says that Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. So right here, like I said, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he chooses not to do ministry like he doesn't do ministry alone, which is, I mean, let this sink in for a second. This is God of the universe who created everything, and here he is choosing to work with others and invite others into community. I, I just find that out, you know, just astounding. Like, that just blows me away and just shows the humility of Christ that he could, could have done it all on his own, but he chooses to work with others. He chooses to call people into community to be his disciples. And so for three years, he calls these 12 disciples and then a kind of wider group of, of followers that, that were part of this group to come along with him and do community with him. And these, these are all the elements that we see in Acts 2.42, which the disciples must have learnt from being with Jesus. Because Jesus showed them a way to do life. You see, you know, they must have, they, they learned to eat, you know, break bread together. They listened to Jesus' teaching. They prayed together. You know, they had fellowship and community together. They learned how to do all that through that three years of following Jesus so that when the Holy Spirit came upon them at Pentecost, they were empowered by the Spirit, but they also knew what to do. They knew how to do community because they had been in the community of God. And the thing that blows me away is, is that Jesus lived in community, that he wanted community, that this is his heart and his desire. And we read about this rhythm that Jesus had throughout his ministry, which is a rhythm we need to have too, is that he would live in deep community with these guys, and then he would withdraw to spend time with the Father to commune sort of charge up, and then he would go back and be, and then pour himself out into community. And that, that's a rhythm that we need to have in our lives. We need to be having deep communion with Jesus, filling up, and then, and then being with others in our community, whether that might be in church or through um, school or family or whatever, and pouring ourselves out to those people.
But I think the struggle of community is 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 this: is that it is it requires it requires deep vulnerability. Yeah. I think, like, I think about the times that I have grown the most as as a Christian and as a person have come through times of deep vulnerability, where I share who I really am, warts and all. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've had some moments where you're in like little groups or you know um, prayer groups or something like that, and 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 you share what's really going on with you. And, and then and, you, know, you, you really lay it all out there, and then everyone, and you're like, oh, this is what's going on with me, and then, you know, and, and other people don't really let, like, tell you what's going on with them, and then you're afterwards, you've got like this, um, I call it like a vulnerability hangover, you're like, oh man, I went too far there, I, 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 le- I let them see too much of me, <laughs> and what's going on, and like, I, I've had that, you know, a number of times, um, but when I've had experiences where I've been with people, and I've bared my soul, and I've shared my vulnerabilities and my struggles and my brokenness, and I've shared theirs. Man, that's healing. That's healing, eh? Because you're, you're you're truly you're truly being real with one another. And the only place that that can happen is through community. It's be, be, oh, sorry, before the Father, obviously, but but also God calls us to do that in community and with one another. And and the thing is, we we often just hold back from that that true vulnerability. And it requires time, eh? Like I said earlier in that story I was sharing, you know, I didn't go deep day one. I had to get to know those people. I had to share my story. I had to hear their story. We had to go through experiences together. Um, we had to deal with conflict, which is a massive part of, of, of being in true community. And I, I guess that is the struggle of church, isn't it? You know, probably for you guys, some of your best moments you've ever had are probably within a church environment. Maybe you gave your heart to the Lord. Maybe someone gave you an incredible prophetic word. Maybe you um, had some sort of just insight or something or someone encouraged you or prayed for you. But it could also be the source of some of your deepest um, hurts as well um, because community is hard. And, and conflict is difficult, but, but overall it is worth it if we want to grow. Because this is how we grow to become people of love, is by being with one another and shaping one another. And I, I guess this is why um, I struggle with how people say that they can't, you know, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. And yes, like in a sense for your salvation, that's, that's true, but man, that's hard. Because what's your reference point for how you change your life or how you grow? It's just yourself. And we live in an age now where you've got, you know, the ability to listen to the best sermons and theology at the flick of a finger, a couple of seconds, and, you know, some of the best worship that's available at a click of a finger. But will you grow and mature as a person of God and a person of love if you're not living in community and you're just at home with your family. Because what's your, it's like an echo chamber, what's your reference point if, if your family's just like you or you've just got a few friends that are just like you, then you're not living in true community. And a true community should be made up of diverse people. Look at Jesus' disciples. He called lots of different people to come and join him and follow him. He didn't just call all the cookie-cutter same people. In his disciples, the 12, he had one guy 
who was uh, Simon the Zealot, who was basically a, a, a terrorist um, trying to overthrow the Roman Empire. And then within that group, we also had um, Matthew the tax collector, who was on the payroll of the empire. How do you think those morning get-togethers and coffees went, you know? <laughs> probably, they were probably, there must have been some awkward times around that fireplace or some of those conversations, right? They, had to, they must have had to work that out in community, following Jesus, learning the way of love. And, and if, if we, are, you know, as a church, I, I, I long that we will be a diverse community, that we would be people that come from all walks of life, all ethnicities, like that we would be a place where people can come and be real with one another and grow in Jesus. So, I guess that as I, as I sort of finish this morning, the, the thing that I, I guess I'd be asking you guys and everyone who's listening on to the podcast, because heaps of people are away today, uh, <laughs> is, is like to be devoted to this. Be devoted to church. And actually coming to church on Sunday, is a, this is a spiritual practice. Breaking bread with each other is a spiritual practice. I think sometimes we trivialize those things, but... You know, when we have a cup of tea and coffee afterwards and, and have a conversation, that is a spiritual practice. We're having fellowship. We're having cornonia with one another. When you invite someone back to your home, maybe today or during the week, or, or have a coffee with someone, you're actually engaging in a spiritual practice of cornonia, of communion, of community with people. And we just trivialize that and just think, oh, I'm just being social. But that's, that's growing. And so... You know, we're going to be, like I said, we're going to be looking at um, um, building up our group sort of area and things like that. And so I'd encourage you as we do that and as we roll out some of these discipleship resources to, to connect with that and to, to, to lean into that. Like, yeah, come to church on Sunday. That's a good start. That's a great start. But, you know, you know, a way to go deeper and to be vulnerable is usually in smaller groups because we tend to not want to open up in front of a big group of people. But the smaller the group, the greater the intimacy and the ability to be vulnerable and to share how we really are. So I'd encourage you to engage in that. We've got our church camp coming up. Man, I love church camps. It's like a massive relational hit where you just have a great time. You get prayer, you get encouragement, you get to know people beyond just that cup of tea you might have after church. And I just encourage you, if you haven't signed up for that, you know, please do and and if finances are a barrier, please let us know. We want to get as many people as we can to come along to that. We're just excited for that time of community that we're going to have there. And lastly, I just, I just want to encourage you to, yeah, to, to remain devoted to this. Because um, if this is your church family, to, to, to devote to being part of this community, to, to keep going on this journey with us as we grow and develop. But if um, this is not your church family, well, I encourage you to be part a, of a church family, to to put roots down, to get to know people, to be vulnerable, to grow. Because we, we don't want to be, um, you know, I, I want to be a 41-year-old a Christian. I don't want to be a one-year-old Christian 41 time, times over. I want to grow, and I know you guys do too. So, yeah, why don't we just stand? Father God, I just thank you that, that the church is your idea, Lord. 
and that community is your idea, Father. That you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit live in perfect communion, perfect community for all eternity. And out of the, the love that you have, Jesus, you, you came and you called others to join you and follow you and learn how to do life with you. And then you empowered, you left, Lord, but then you empowered them with your spirit, God, to, to build the church, to launch the church. And that, Father, we're called to community. We're called to do relationship. We're called to be vulnerable with one another, to confess our sins and to say what's really going on with us and to pray and encourage one another. Lord, we want to be people of love. We want to grow and become more like you every day. And so, Holy Spirit, I, I just pray that you would just, you would just bless our community. You bless Kurimako Vineyard. Lord, I pray you would um, help us to go to the deep end of the pool, to be with you, Jesus. Show us how to love. Show us how to be gracious to one another. Not um, hold offenses, but to just to love and forgive one another and to grow deeper in you, Jesus. And Lord, would you bless this community as we're in this space, Lord. Would we, not only would you bless us, Lord, but would you bless us so that we can be a blessing to others in this community and to people who come through these doors. In your precious name, amen.